Today, I want to just go straight into the word, the message that I have for you today, or the message that I believe the Lord wants me to share with you today. It's a message that I got about a month ago. I was in my time of prayer, you know, just praying and also confessing some things that I have. You know, there are things that I confess on a regular basis. And as I was making these confessions over my life, I got to a place where it seemed as if I was stuck. Not stuck in a bad way, but stuck in a good way. Stuck in the sense that I just began to see something that I want you to see today. Amen. I began to see something that I want you to see today. And it's important we understand that, you see, when we bring the word of the Lord, we are bringing the word of the Lord. It should be the word of the Lord. It should not be something you conjure up from somewhere. It should be the word of the Lord. And one of the things that you've, you've got to understand with ministry is that in your time of prayer and fellowship and devotional, God will give you a message. And was it a message? And what I believe that I'm going to share with you today is a message that the Lord has given to me for you. Thank you for a couple of amens. I say what I believe I'm sharing with you today is a message that the Lord has given to me for you. You see, whenever we come to God's word, we've got to understand that it is God speaking to us. What a, what a privilege it is to have God speak to you. And so this morning, I stand here as a vessel. It is God who is going to speak to you. I say, it is God who is going to speak to you. Amen. If your heart is open and your heart is receptive, the word of God will be sown into your heart. I want to do a teaching today. Are you open to this? Yes. I want to speak to you on the power of God's revealed word. I want to say the power of God's revealed word. The word revealed there is the word rema. So we can say the power of God's rema word. I want to say rema. The power of God's revealed or the power of God of God's rema word. I believe that the word of God will come alive in your heart today. You see, look at the Bible. If you have your Bible, can you lift it up? If you've got your Bible, maybe paper Bible. I prefer you have a paper Bible. Some of you have digital Bible. You have a paper Bible? The Bible is the Word of God. This is God's Word. The Word of God you hold in your hand is perfect. Say it with me, it is perfect. The word of God you hold in your hand is perfect. I want to say a couple of things and then I'll begin to share some things with you. The word of God you hold in your hand is perfect. In Psalms 19 verse 7, the Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect. The law, and in place of the word law, you can say word. So you can read it this way. The word of the Lord is perfect. Everyone say it is perfect. See, the word of God is not imperfect. The word of God is impeccable. The word of God is perfect. Not imperfect. I've seen some apologists, and I'm not going to go into details with that, but I've seen some apologists who try to discredit God's word by using the Bible. Doesn't make sense to me. If you try to discredit God's word or you try to discredit the deity of Jesus Christ using the Bible, then it shows me that you do not understand what you're saying. Because if you say the book is imperfect, then there is no need to use it. Does that make sense? Because one moment you're showing me the book of John chapter whatever, and you're telling me this is what John says. And then the next moment you're opening to the book of Luke. And you're telling me look at how it contradicts what John said. So if the book is imperfect. Even in one little place. It is entirely imperfect. Is that correct? I cannot make a case with a book that is imperfect. 
If I want to make a case, I make a case with a book that I believe is perfect. And these people trying to make a case with a book they're calling perfect, using the same book, are dumb. Because it makes no sense. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? The word of God is perfect. Say it with me, the word of God is perfect. Now this is not some other literatures out there that's filled with human philosophies and ideologies. This is the holy, written, perfect word of God. The second thing I want to say to you is, the book you hold in your hand brings profit. The book you hold in your hand brings what? Profit. God wants you to profit. Every time you open the word of God, the word of God will bring you profit. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, you're not taking notes, are you taking notes? 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says in verse number 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and watch this, and is profitable. The word of God is profitable. The word of God brings you profit. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So that means the word of God brings me profit. God is a perfect businessman. Is there any businessman that does not want profit? Is there anyone that has ever invested in a business and looks forward to losing his money? No. Neither does God. God has given you his word to cause you to profit. The word of God will bring you profit. Come on now, say amen. amen. So the book you hold in your hand, the word of God you hold in your hand will bring you profit. Notice what it says here in 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be, what? Complete. The word complete there is whole. That the man of God may be whole, or the word there is lacking nothing. God does not want you to lack anything. God wants you to be complete. And guess what brings wholeness? The word of God. The word of God will come to you and bring you everything you need. So all that you need is wrapped up in the word. That is the reason why we must encourage people to go for the word. Unfortunately, in so many places, they put emphasis on other things but the word. The word of God is the number one thing that we are given to do in church. Are you listening to me? We must exalt the word of God above everything else. The word of God takes precedence. The word of God is what we focus on. Unfortunately, people give a little bit of time to the word of God. And they give all the time to announcements and, and all the other stuff that they have to do. We were preaching in a church in London. This was years ago. They told me to, okay, you will preach. And then, and then in the middle of my message, they began to tell me, okay, time is, you know. You know, li listen. And then we finished. Because I had to turn the microphone over. And then we finished, and we sat there, and they spent another two or three hours doing all kinds of meetings. And I was sitting there and just getting frustrated. Two, three hours doing all other things, but like 30 minutes or 40 minutes for the word. I was in this church in, in Lagos. And the moment I was about to take the microphone, the pastor whispered to me, he said, you've got 30 minutes. I was in this other place in Abuja. And when I got there, the pastor said, I'll give you five minutes. <laughs> I praise God I did not buy a plane ticket and flew down to Abuja for you. For your five minutes. You know why? Because my people live very far. I've discovered... It is not the people. 
It is the pastor. Sometimes it's in my people leave very far. No, you, you should say you leave very far. Or you should say you, you just want to go home. We must give God's word first place. Everyone say first place. We must give God's word first place. Because see, it is the word of God that causes you to profit. How many of you want to profit? How many of you want to profit? How many of you really want to profit in life? Everything you touch, everything you do will profit. Amen. See, that's what the word of God will bring. Come on now, say amen. So if the word of God will bring me profit, how should I be disposed to the word? What should be my attitude? How should I approach it? It brings you profit. Can someone say amen? amen. The third thing I want to say is the book you hold in your hand is prophecy. <laughs> that was a prophecy. The book you hold in your hand is prophecy. Do you know that two-thirds of the Bible is prophecy? The prophet Isaiah, 750 years before Jesus was born, prophesied about the birth of Christ. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. 750 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah prophesied the, the, the uh, crucifixion of Jesus. The suffering of Jesus. Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are what? 750 years before Jesus was born. We can talk about David. David talked about how his bones would not be broken. David talked about how they pierced my side. That was all in reference to Jesus. The Bible is a book of prophecies. Come on now, say amen. amen. And you have people today running around from one prophetic service to another looking for a prophet to give them a word. When you have the book that's filled with prophecies, there is nothing a prophet will give to you that is not in the word. Amen. Just so you just know. So all, some of you that are running around, some of you that have your own personal prophets in Africa, just to tell you, because there are people like that. They have their own personal prophet. When they have a need, they call their personal prophet to give them a word. I heard the story of this woman who called up a man of God late in the night. Called up the man of God, woke him up and said to the man of God, What is God saying? Have you got a word for me? The prophet said to her, go back to sleep. <laughs> no, it's a mess today. And I'm not saying, this, I'm not saying there is... Uh, a problem with the prophetic ministry because if the prophetic ministry is legit and God's hand is upon that prophet, then praise God for that prophetic ministry. But sometimes it is the people. It is the people they put on due pressure. Give me a word. I told you the story of my dear friend Bishop El Salfo. When he started his church in London, he would give people prophetic word. And as he was prophesying, people were streaming down to the meeting. Until Pastor Nikki, his wife, said to him, Don't build a ministry on prophecy. You build a ministry on the teaching of the word. And when he started teaching, people stopped coming. I kid you not. He, they told me this. And you've seen him. He was pre preaching here about a month ago or two months ago. So I want you to understand that it is on due pressure that the people put on prophets, sometimes they feel they have to perform. We have nothing to prove, my friends. Are you listening to me? I don't have any pressure to prove anything to you this morning. I'm preaching to you the word of God or teaching you the word of God. If your heart is open and you receive it, it will bless you. But if you think I'm going to be doing acrobatics here, just to please and impress you, I'm not for that. If the Lord gives me a word, I'll give it to you. But if the Lord does not give me a word, I'm not going to conjure up a word. 
I've looked at people in, in meetings and the Lord will speak to me about specific people and I'll give them the word of the Lord if he gives to me. But I'm not going to make it happen. Come on now, say amen. amen. And let me also say to you, I'm not under pressure to heal anybody. That's a fact. I'm not under pressure to heal anybody. I'm not under pressure to give anybody the word of the Lord. If the Lord gives me a word for you, I will give it to you. I was speaking to my friend yesterday and I told him how I get the word. I, get, I look at people and I see what God wants to say. I, I know it in my spirit. And I give it to them. And then I ask them, does it mean anything to you? And sometimes I've heard them say, you are the third person telling me, telling me this thing. I was preaching for my friend in Germany. And we were just, uh, we were in the service and I began to give them the word of the Lord. I said, this church is going to be an, uh, it's going to be a lighthouse in this place. And I just gave them the word of the Lord. And when we finished the service, my friend said to me, Pastor Godwell, you are the third minister telling me this. You are not under pressure to do anything. You are not the one doing this. It is the Lord that does the works. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Now, the Bible is filled with prophecies. And we can go all the way back to the book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned, God revealed a word to us right there in the book of Genesis. He killed an animal and he put the skin of the animal over them. Correct? Because yes. after they had seen, they had covered themselves with leaves. That is symbolic to religion. You can't cover yourself. Religion tries to, you know, walk up these things in the flesh. But God said, no, you cannot go by that. So God himself killed an animal. And listen, the animal that was killed was prophetic, referring to who? Jesus Christ. Blood had to be shed to cover them. Come on now, sir. Amen. We see Jesus all through the Old Testament. From Genesis to Malachi, you see Jesus. The Bible is a book of prophecies. Now look at what's even happening globally today. Go read the book of Daniel. Go read the book of Revelation. You cannot, sometimes you don't fully understand the book of Revelation until you read the book of Daniel. Because some of the things that Daniel mentioned are also mentioned by John the Beloved in the book of Revelation. The Bible is a book of prophecies. Two-thirds of the Bible is prophecy. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. So instead of running around from one prophetic meeting to another, calling on your personal prophet to give you a word, why don't you just open the Bible and read it and you will get a prophetic word for your life. Amen. I'm preaching good, say amen. I want that to resonate in your heart. Think about that. And that's why people get themselves into trouble. Because my prophet told me to marry her. I've never told... Listen, I don't... You decide who you marry. You decide who you marry. It's not my job to, to tell you that's her, that's him. If that's not who you want to be with. Come to me. Oh pastor I met this girl. Okay let's talk about her. Oh pastor I met this man. Let's talk about him. Let's see. Is he born again? Yes he's born again. Is he religious? No. <laughs> you, better, you better not bring me. You bet, you, I, 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 re, I will rebuke you. If you bring me a religious girl, if you bring me a religious man, I will rebuke you. Don't bring me anyone who is religious. I don't want to have anything to do with religion. Is he on fire? Full of the Holy Ghost? Speaking tongues? Hallelujah. Now that's the right person. Hallelujah. That's the right person. No. That's the right one. Is he a giver? Aha. Uh -huh. That's the right person. Not stingy, mingy, tight what? If the person is a giver, is a lover of Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost and fire, come on now, say amen. amen. He has a church where he is plugged into. Praise. I mean, you look at some people. No, I don't go to church. I pray at home. That's not the right person. 
That's a big, big red flag. If all she does is stay at home and pray, if you ask him or her, who is your pastor, and they cannot tell you, run. 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 What did I say? Run. R-U-N. Run. In actual fact, start running. And don't stop running until you run so far away from that person. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now these are basic questions you need to ask. Not people who go to church once in a blue moon. Now Christmas is right around the corner. I promise you, people are going to start coming out of the woodworks. They're going to be coming out from everywhere now because Christmas is here. Run. Tell your neighbor, run. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I told my wife, I told my wife, I'm preparing for a, me- I'm preparing a message. I was, I already started preparing myself for a message. I'm going to deliver it at the right time. Amen. I'm going to deal with some things about marriage. Okay, Amos. That's good. <laughs> You see, there is the written word and there is the revealed or rema or revelation word. I want to say the written word. The rema word. Now, the rema word will come from the written word. In other words, if you are not spending quality time in the written word, you are not going to get a rema word. So it goes Back to what I started talking about. Spending time in the word of God. And this is what I've discovered. The more you put into this. The more you get out of it. That's a fact. The more you do what? Put into this. The more you do what? You get out of it. You see the principle of seed time and harvest. Is still there. Correct? Because when Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, he said a sower went out to do what? To sow seeds. But he said the seeds that the sower sowed is the word. Everyone say it's the word. So when you open the word, the written word, you are sowing into your heart the seed of the word. And as you sow into your heart the seed of the word, guess what happens? The seed of the word will turn into a harvest. The harvest is the rema. Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. I want to say guide you. He will guide you into what? All truth. Now, when he says all truth, Jesus is referring to the truth of the word. All truth there does not mean man's opinion. Come on now, say amen. Because what is true to you may not be truth. Let me say that again. What is true to you may not be truth. He will guide you into all truth. The truth of the word. He will not speak on his own. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will show you things to come. But Jesus went further to say... He will take from me and he shall deliver to you. Is that correct? He will take from me and he will give to you. How does the Holy Spirit take from Jesus and give to us? The word. But then he went further to say, he will remind you of the things I told you. So the Holy Spirit reminds us. Reminds us of what? What we've been told. When were we told? (laughs) Listen guys. Even if you see a vision. Even if you see a dream. Even if Jesus appears to you. He speaks out of the word. Everything he says. Comes out of the word. He himself is obliged, obligated 
to keep his word. He does nothing outside the word. So when you get a prophetic word or you see a dream or you see a vision, whether it's an open vision, whatever kind of vision you see, or you get a prophecy, it must all come out of the word. If it does not come out of the word, it is not from God. And that is the reason why we must be conversant with the word. Because when you know the word and someone comes and speaks to you or you see a dream or a vision, I am not moved by every dream. Because I know some dreams come because you ate too much. That's a fact. That's a fact. Some dreams come because of the conversations you've had in the day. That's a fact. How many of you have gone to bed and you dreamt of what you were talking about before you slept? Don't tell me that's from God. Some dreams come because you think too much. The Bible says in the book of Job that dreams come because of much activity. You're thinking too much, so you go to bed and you dream. Some of you, you dream because you ate too much fufu before you went to bed. So when you went to bed, you found yourself dreaming. And when you got up, you tried to put the dream together, but you couldn't. Because the dream is fufu vision. No fact, it's fufu vision. It, it's not from God. I've, listen, I have come to the understanding... When God, people come to me sometimes, Pastor God, well, I had this dream. What do you think it is? No, I turn it back to them. What do you think it is? Because God never gives you a dream or a vision to confuse you. God will speak to you in a language you will understand. According to his word. Praise the Lord. So everyone say to me, everything God does. Is within the confines of his word. God does nothing outside his word. If you would understand that. And you build your life on that. You will never go wrong. Never. Never. You will never go wrong. You will never go wrong. You'll always know what to do. Praise the Lord. Oh, Pastor God, well, there is this new revelation. I was in this church and this pastor gave us this new revelation. What do you mean by new revelation? There's no new revelation. The revelation of God's word has been given to us. What we get is illumination. The Bible says no prophecy of the word of the Bible is open for private interpretation. Nobody can say that's what, this is what it means to me. No, no, it's not what it means to you. It's what the word says. Come on now, say amen. amen. Say the word of God is prophecy. So you've got the written word, but then you've got the revealed word. You've got the revealed word. God wants to reveal his word to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6, the Bible says, Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Notice, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills. But the Spirit gives life. Yeah. Come on now, say amen. The la- you, you, you go to some places, all, all you hear is word, 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 but no Spirit. Word, 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 oh, teach me, teach me, teach me. It's dry. No Spirit, it's dry. Too much of word, dry word, you are going to dry up. You look at some people, they're so dried up. Because it's just dry word. No, we need the word and the spirit. Come on now, say amen. Amen. The Bible says Jesus taught them as one with authority. 
The Bible says when he was teaching, the power of God was present to heal them. So Jesus' teaching was not dry teaching. Jesus' teaching was backed up by the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on now, say amen. The, the, the letter kills. And you go to places, people put you down and put condemnation on you by using the letter. And that is the thing that the Pharisees did not understand about the law. Oh, look at your disciples. They didn't wash their hands. Well, look at your disciples. They are plucking the, 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 uh, the grain on this day and they're eating. That's wrong. Have you not read that? David went into the temple and ate the bread that was on the table of shoe bread, which was not lawful for him to eat. But they understood the spirit of the word, not just the letter of the word. Can someone say amen? When the revealed word comes to you, nothing would ever stop you. When the word of God is revealed to your heart, nothing. I don't care the problem. I don't care the circumstance that will come your way. It will never stop you because you have a revelation. Amen. Think about Mary and Martha. Jesus comes into their house. And Mary sat there at the feet of the Lord. He sat there at the feet of the Lord listening to him. Is that true? Martha was busy. He was cooking. Organizing in the kitchen. He wanted to entertain Jesus. Mary wanted to be entertained by Jesus. So there she was sitting at the feet of the master. So Martha got upset. She said, Lord... Now watch this. She's about to rebuke Jesus now. Lord, don't you care? How dare you? How dare you talk to the Lord like that? Don't you care? How dare you ask him if he doesn't care? He cares more than you can ever comprehend. Lord, don't you care that I serve alone? Well, who put that on you in the first place? Now, this is the problem also with people in ministry. You can get so busy with ministry that you're not busy with him. You listening to me now? You can get so busy with ministry that you're not busy with him. Don't you care that I serve alone? Why don't you tell my sister to come and serve with me? Jesus said to Martha, 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 called her two times. Like verily, verily. <laughs> Martha, Martha. Well, today in English language, we don't do that. We put an exclamation. That's to say, I'm emphasizing this. Martha, Martha, verily, verily. Today you say Martha, exclamation. <laughs> Martha, Martha, you are mindful of so many things. Listen, listen, listen. Don't you have people mindful of so many things daily? Mindful of business, mindful of family. Mind no, you should be mindful of those things, but you cannot be mindful of those things at the detriment of your relationship with the Lord. I want the ministry to grow, but you, your relationship with Him is not growing. I want my this to grow, but your relationship in the Word is not growing. Come on now, say Amen. There's something very special that happened here in Turkey. In the book of Acts chapter 19. In the city of Ephesus. When the Bible says, and Paul came to the region of Ephesus, which is here in modern day Turkey. And uh, he met with some men who had not received the Holy Spirit. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we haven't heard about the Holy, Holy Spirit. He said, in whose baptism were you baptized? They said, in the baptism of John. And the Bible says, and he laid his hands upon them, and they received the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. Correct? Yes. 
But then notice in Acts 19, the Bible says that he taught in the school of Tyrannus for two years. <laughs> what did he do for two years? Teaching. Teaching what? For two years. Oh my goodness. For two years it was teaching. That shows me that the man gave more time to the word. He was sowing the seed of the word in the people. And the Bible tells us there in Acts 19. It says, and the word grew mightily and prevailed. The word grew mightily. Notice it says the word grew. So if something grows, it must start at a point. Correct? We just dedicated the baby. The baby is going to start growing. Is that true? Well, since the baby came out of the womb, the baby has been growing. The baby will eventually get to one year, two, five, ten, twenty, if the rapture tarries, fifty, correct? So when it says the word grew, that means the word began. Come on now, say amen. But it took two years. That was it, two years. It took two years. And you see, as Paul was teaching for two years, the word was sown in the people. But more than just sown in the people. The word was released in the atmosphere of Ephesus. Yeah. And the Bible says. And the word grew mightily. And the word prevailed. What does that mean to prevail? To dominate. To subdue. If there is anything in your life. That the enemy has been doing in your life. The word of God can grow in that area. And subdue it. See, we've got to understand what the Word does. The Word of God can grow in a certain area of your life and subdue whatever you're dealing with. The reason why a lot of people do not have permanent victory is because they don't know the Word. I can lay hands on you till all your hair fall out. Until you know the Word for yourself. You are not free. This is another area of deliverance that people don't really talk about. Because they think it is spinning around and falling down and pushing everyone down. And when they get up, you are free. No, the Bible says that when that devil, that unclean spirit that has left that person, that unclean spirit will say to himself, I will go back to my house. The unclean spirit is intelligent enough to know that that house was his. And what did Jesus say? He said when this unclean spirit returns back and finds the place clean. I want to say clean. clean. Why is the place clean? Who can help me? Why is the place clean? Pardon? No, the place is clean because the unclean spirit is out. The place was filthy because the spirit was unclean. Correct? Now the place is clean because this unclean spirit has been cast out. But notice the next thing it says. It says the place is clean and the place is empty. That's one of the things that's said in that verse. Clean and empty. Now, why is it empty? Well, the spirit is gone, but the place shouldn't stay empty. The place should be filled. <laughs> because the place was empty, the spirit said, okay, now I can see this place is empty. Now I will go and get myself seven devils more wicked than I am. And we shall come back and enter him. And they would come back and enter into that person. And Jesus said the state of the man will become worse than the former. But listen to what he says. He says, so shall it be to this generation. Are you listening? When you fill the emptiness with the word, that sickness cannot come back. When you fill the void with the word, that demon cannot come back. There is only one thing that 
fights off the devil is the word of God. Nothing else. Nothing. Everyone say nothing else. Nothing else. Only the word. 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 Remember Ephesians 6 says, taking onto you the shield of faith. I want to say the shield of faith. What's a shield really? A shield is, if you, if you watch those epic movies, it's for protection. To defend you. Right? But how does faith come? How does faith come? Take unto you the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. But how does faith come? So even the shield is not possible if you don't know the word. Because faith cometh, shield of faith cometh by the word. Come on now, say amen. amen. A survey was done. I wouldn't mention the names of the ministries, but a survey was done of two major leading ministries at the time. They were both used in healing. And they did a survey of the people that were healed in both ministries. One would teach the word. The other did teach the word, but not as much as the other one. Um, the other was an evangelist. So people would come to his meetings and they'll get healed. He lays hands on them and they get healed. But this other man of God was a teacher of the word. So he would teach the word. So the survey was done to see how many kept their healings. And they discovered that more people who were sitting under the ministry of the teacher kept their healings. Than those who are sitting under the ministry of the evangelist. Now that's not to shoot at anybody. That's just to say that even after you get your healing, even after you get your freedom, the enemy will still try to exert upon you. The only thing that will put him away is the word you've got. No word, you're empty. And that thing will gain access into your life again. Now, when we say no word, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about revelation. Remember when Jesus said, now fill the water jars with what? In, 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 in Cana of Galilee, when he was at the wedding. Yeah. Fill the water jars with water. And what happened when the jars were filled? They turned into wine. Yeah. He turned them into wine. Now, you are like the water jar. When you fill your water jar with the water of the word, it will turn into revelation. In Joshua 1.8, Joshua was, you know, think about it, Moses was dead. And so Joshua was crying and mourning his great leader Moses and just looking at the humongous responsibility that was ahead of him, you know. And so God came to him and said, Joshua, wake up. Moses, my servant, is dead. You rise up now and lead the people. But how are you going to have success when you lead the people? Verse number 8, Joshua chapter 1. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. <laughs> Listen. This is how you are going to succeed. This book of the law shall... Now, at the time God was speaking to Joshua, do you know how many books Joshua had? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch. That was all he had. <laughs> he did not have the book of Joshua because he was still alive. <laughs> he had just the five books. Today, how many have you got? Talk to me now. I'm preaching good. How many books do you have? You have 66. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate. I want to meditate. Now, the word meditate is the word to ponder, to think on, to 
to recite, think, recite, ponder on the word. That's what it means. Thou shalt ponder on the word. Thou shalt recite the word. Thou shalt meditate on the word day. Everyone say day. day. And night. Everyone say day. day. Day and night. Now, day and night, I've said it many times, but let me say if you've never heard me. Day and night, I believe, does not speak of morning and night. Day and night speaks of a consistency. That was a consistency. Thou shalt meditate on the word consistently. Pull that Bible off the shelf. It's dusty. Clean it and read it. You guys are working a lot today. What's going on? Sit down. Thou shalt meditate on the word day. Watch this. Watch it. Don't, don't, don't. Let, should we read it? Joshua 1.8. Everyone open it. Joshua 1.8. Because sometimes pastor recites it and people don't sit. Joshua 1.8. Uh, I'm going to have you read it all together. If you find Joshua 1, it say amen. amen. Oh, you found it already. You guys are fast. If you haven't found it, say wait for me. Okay, we'll wait for you. Joshua, it's between Genesis and Revelation. You find it somewhere in the middle. Have you found it? I know you guys have different translations. Some KJV, some NKJV, some maybe NIV, some Message Bible. Whatever you have, read it. Joshua 1 8. Are you ready? Yeah. One, two, go. Yeah. <laughs> I heard good success. <laughs> did you see that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but thou shalt meditate on it day and night watch this now because you meditate on it day and night then thou shalt make thy way huh and thou you see the result? But there's something I skipped. I don't know if you noticed. What did I skip? Observe to do. Observe to do. Observe to do. Obeying God is easy when there is revelation. Let me say that again. Obeying God is easy when there is revelation. You struggle when you've got no revelation. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do. I want to to do. According to what's written therein. Then, I want to say then. Then thou shalt make thy way. Who's going to make his way? Her way, you, 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 you. Thou shalt make thy way. You will make your way. Your way means your marriage. Your way means your business. Your way means your ministry. Every step you take will be in line with the word of God. Thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And thou shalt. It's not probability. It's not maybe. You will have good success. It's guarantee. Because nothing can can. Resist the word. Amen. When it's revelation to you, you will succeed. Amen. Thou shalt make that make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Notice that's what God gave to Joshua to win. That's what God gave to Joshua to have success with. And that's what God has given you and I to have success with. The revelation. But notice, the word meditate, like I said, it's to ponder, it's to think on, it's to speak to yourself, it's to rehash in a sense. When you meditate, the word of God begins to take root in you. As the word of God takes root in you, revelation, rema, 
will burst forth out of you. And that's what the Bible meant when it says, And thou shalt know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Thou shalt do what? Know the truth. The truth you know will make you free. Come on, everyone say amen. amen. You want to see Psalm number one? Psalm number one is similar to Joshua one. Go to Psalm one. Psalm number one. One of my favorite psalms. Can you read from verse 1, please? He shall be. You find that word meditate again. Correct? Blessed is the man. Walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stands in the way of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Watch this. But his delight. The word of God is my Turkish delight. <laughs> <laughs> The word of God is my Turkish delight. <laughs> but his delight, his pleasure, his passion is in the law, word of the Lord. And in his law or in his word, doth he meditate. Like it says in Joshua 1.8, day and night. Now, day and night means what? What does day and night mean? Does it mean morning and night? No. Now, even if you do morning and night, you'll be good. If you just do morning and night. If some of you can just meditate on the word in the morning, and then when you get back home from work, you meditate on the word in the night, you will succeed. Oh, that, that amen or that agreement was so weak. Amen. Just like a man of God said, some people eat three hot meals a day. And they eat one cold spiritual snack a week. Keep the Bible there. On the shelf. Taking dust. So dusty. Open the pages. They look so crisp. Because they've not been opened in years. It's a gift. I'm like one of the furnitures at home. But thou shalt meditate day and night. Right? And the man who meditates on the word day and night is blessed. He shall be. Watch this now. He shall be. Like a tree that's planted in the river. Whose leaves will not fade. Whatever he does. Now, when he meditates, revelation comes. And revelation is light. That was a revelation? It's light. Remember in John chapter 1, where it says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, if you go over to verse number 14, it says, And the light, the Word is the light, the light is the Word. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. Can you see that? 
So the word of God, the revelation of the word of God becomes your light. And when you walk in the light thereof, nothing would defeat you. Peter knew something the other disciples didn't know when they were in the boat. As Jesus came walking on the water, Peter said, Lord, is it you? Jesus said, it is I. Peter said, if it is you, command me or bid me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. That word was revelation. He heard what others did not hear. That's why he stepped out. You don't walk on water with your natural mind. What if it was not Jesus? Have you ever thought, no, think about it. What if it was a ghost? What if it was, listen, what if it, the Bible says that Satan disguises as an angel of light? What if it wasn't Jesus? What if it was a spirit? The moment Peter stepped out of the boat, he was, he was finished. But do you know why Peter knew it was Jesus? The Bible says the word of God is like the rushing of mighty waters. The Bible says the word of the Lord is like thunder. When he speaks, you know it is him. Yeah. We live in a country where many, my pastor, Pastor Corey, have seen Jesus. Many Muslims have seen Jesus and Jesus did not have to say one word. Pastor Corey told the story. He said when he saw Jesus, Jesus did not say one word. But he knew it was Jesus. When you see him and when you hear his voice, it will dispel all doubt and unbelief. Are you listening to me? So when Jesus said to Peter, come, I guarantee you, Peter was not, don't get me wrong, I'm not disproving the Bible, but I guarantee you, this is what I see. Peter was walking on the word. The word was the base upon which he walked. Yes, everyone else saw him walking on water. But in actual fact, come, the word was the base. That is the reason why when he took his eyes away from the word, something began to happen. So watch this now. So the word was, a, was the base, the foundation when Jesus said, come, Peter walked on the word. I, that's what I saw. That, like, that, like I told you one month ago, I was preparing this message. Really, I was meditating. And oh, wow. And I began to speak it out. Peter was not walking on water. Peter was walking on the word. Yes, he did walk on water. But you know what I'm trying to say. The word, revelation, the, the word come. Thing upon which Peter walked. And all the disciples were in the boat. They watched him. When Peter took his eyes away from the living word. What happened? He began to sing. And when Jesus reached out to him and pulled him out. Jesus said. Listen to what Jesus said. Why did you doubt? What is doubt? Doubt is taking your eyes away from the word. The moment you take your eyes away from the word. There is doubt. As long as your eyes are fixed on the word, doubt will not creep in. You see, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and it is powerful. It is quick and it is alive. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When that word comes, it is a life. It cast every fear out of you. Fear and panic is because the revelation hasn't come. When revelation comes, no fear, no panic. Yeah. That is why the apostles of old would die for what they believed. They were not afraid. Make my day. I'll kill you. Go ahead. I'm dead already. Can't kill, you can't kill a man that's dead. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I that live. The, the, 
But Christ, I live in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. You want to kill me? I'm dead already. You can't kill a dead man. That's what the apostles understood. That is what believers in China understand. They understand what so many in many places across the world don't understand. That is why people in China were crying when they saw the Bible. But people in the West have tons and tons of Bibles but don't open them. People in China, they pay a price. But people in the West, for the most part, don't even go to church regularly. People in China are running from place to place. I heard of the church where they wouldn't tell you where the next service will be held. If you hear the voice of the Holy Ghost, you will know where the next meeting will be held. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. This is not a joke. Because they wouldn't announce it. Because if they did, they would clamp down on them. So nobody is going to tell anybody. Underground churches. Have you heard of the underground churches? Yeah, underground churches. Why are they underground churches? Why? Because of persecution. So the service is over. God bless you. Go home. And everyone leaves. If you hear the Holy Ghost, you'll be in the next service. So the Holy Ghost will navigate. The Holy Ghost will be your navigation system. You know, Holy Ghost will say this service will be held on this street, on in this particular apartment. You go there. Everyone is there waiting. But if you don't know how to hear the Holy Ghost, you can't call anybody. Hey, where 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 are you guys meeting? No, no, nobody's going to tell you. I heard a story of this, uh, you know, the military came. They dressed up in all military and, and carried their uh, AK-47s and came into the church. And if you want to leave, leave now. Get out of this place. Anyone who stays is going to die. People began to pack their bags and <laughs> left. <laughs> When they left, the men dropped their gun. They said, we are Christians too. We want, to, we want to get rid of the fake. Pastor, let's worship God. There's something revelation does. There's something having a revelation would do. Do I walk through the valley? Of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Watch this. Because you are with me. Revelation. When you walk through the waters. I will be with you. Through the rivers. They shall not overflow you. When you walk through fire. You will not be burned. Neither shall the flames kindle upon you. Because I am with you. That was a revelation. That's what Peter got. That's what Abraham, Abram, Genesis 12, Abram got that. Abram, I'm the Lord. Uh, I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you. In you shall the nations be blessed. Now leave your father's house. Haran, we were in Haran. My wife and I were in Haran two months ago. Where Abraham was. At the time, Abram, before his name was changed to Abraham. Leave your father's house. If you want to go to Haran, it's here in Turkey, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so anyway, let's continue. Uh, leave your country and go to a place I'll show you. Hebrews 11 tells us the man was going to a place he didn't even know. Correct? He had no idea where he was going. What made Abraham, Abraham leave his comfort? To a place he did not know. But faith because of the revelation. You can't have faith with no revelation. 
no faith, no revelation, no faith. You can try. And faith don't come by squeezing your face, by the way. I, I want to, I, listen. You see some people will pray. Faith don't come like, when you, listen, when you are in faith, you don't really have to squeeze your face. You speak, it happens. You decree, it comes to pass. You, you, there is no tension, there is no pressure, there is no panic. It's just, it, it becomes a nature. So Abraham lives because of the Rema. I want to say the Rema. That's how God's going to speak to you. Praise God, we, we have the holy written word of God. Let's give it first place in our lives. 